Welcome to the show. I'm your host, Dr. Mike Wall. Well, it's that time of year. Holiday festivities have begun, decorations are going up, and Christmas lights are shining bright. It's a happy time of year for many of us, but not for all of us. So today we're going to talk with four different groups I'd ask you to consider donating to over the holidays. Now we all know it's better to give than to receive, and often we have to think about what we actually want for Christmas because we have everything that we need. Well, some of us don't have that problem and they're lacking the essentials. Today we'll talk with Joshua Smee, CEO of Food First NL, who works with communities in Newfoundland and Labrador to ensure that everyone has access to affordable, healthy, and culturally appropriate food. We'll then chat with the Association for New Canadians, the Single Parents Association, and our own team at VOCM Cares about how you can give a gift this year that could change a life. Today's episode is dedicated to the spirit of giving, and it might best be captured by a quote by William Carey Jones. The joy of brightening others' lives, bearing each other's burdens, easing others' loads, and supplanting empty hearts and lives with generous gifts becomes for us the true magic of Christmas. Let's listen in to our chat with Josh. Hi, Josh. Welcome to the show. Hey, thanks for having me, Mike. I'm really glad you could make it. We're doing an important episode today. We're talking about ways that people can give back to the community this time of year, because although a lot of us have a lot, we've got a big wish list, a lot of people don't have that much. You are the CEO of Food First. Can you tell me about your organization and what it does? Yeah, so the best way to think about us is we're the umbrella that sits kind of uh, over a whole bunch of organizations. There's hundreds and hundreds of groups in this province who work on food. And so some of those folks are working on emergency food relief, people like food banks, meal programs. Some of them are doing community things like community gardens or anti-poverty initiatives. And we try and connect all those people with each other. A lot of our work is making sure people are able to talk to each other, come together, work together, partner. We and we go out and try and find resources and money and support for this big network of community groups. Uh, and then we spend a fair amount of our time trying to communicate on this stuff to make it known what the issues are and, and to, to push forward positive change on this stuff. That's amazing. And, you know, maybe people don't understand exactly what the need is, but can you give me an outline of what some of the challenges are in the province? Yeah, you're right. I think, um, you know, we're still trying to build up people's understanding, but I'll, I'll tell you, Newfoundland and Labrador has the second highest rate of food insecurity, they call it, uh, of any Canadian province. So what that means is like on any given day, about 15% of people in this province are, are food insecure and that could be anywhere. There's a spectrum there that's anywhere from worrying where your next meal is coming from to being hungry in a way that's, that's hurting your health. And so 50% of people, that's a lot. That's tens of thousands uh, of people in the province every day. And so it's, it's a really big challenge. And, uh, you know, those numbers are from before COVID. And obviously COVID has also really shaken up uh, people's lives and the social safety nets. So we know that there are lots of, there are lots of folks out there who are not able to, to put the food on the table that they want and that they need. And that has huge consequences for your life down the line, right? Health consequences, mental health consequences. Uh, and it costs the system a ton of money uh, all over the place too, right? You know, and mm -hmm. so it's just, it's one of the one of the biggest challenges we, we face in the province for sure. It, and that's another thing. I think that some people may think that this may be more of an urban issue, but is this something that permeates different communities throughout the province? 
hundred percent. Yeah. Uh, food insecurity is, is all over the place and it's definitely not only an urban issue. And one of the things that's a challenge is that if you are living with food insecurity in a rural community, there's not usually the density of services around you, right? If you live in a tiny community, that's an hour's drive from the nearest grocery store, you might be an hour or two's drive from the nearest meal program or food bank too. It's, it can be a lot harder to, to, get the support that you need or to have access to the food that you need. And obviously like costs go up in remote communities too, which makes, makes this all harder. So no, it's very much both a rural and an, and an urban problem for sure. Yeah, that's right. And that's why it's so important that people are aware of it. And if they're thinking about giving, they can give to an organization like the ones that you work with. So who are some of the partners that you work with? So there's a huge long list. Uh, I think that's one thing people should know, you know, so we maintain a, a database of food programs in the province. We kind of started this during COVID so people would know where to go for help. And in that database, I'm just, I'm looking at it right now and there's 115 entries in it. And we know that that doesn't capture all of them. There's probably, there's new, new programs popping up every day. And that's just the emergency relief side. So we work with those folks, but we also work with dozens and dozens of community programs doing things like community gardens or anti-poverty programs. There's a whole range of things because food is knit into so much, right? It's such a big part of, of people's lives. And, you know, even in that database, not every program has food in the name. They're not all food banks or, or meals. Some of them are programs that might, for example, be a seniors program that also provides food because they know that that's what the folks that they work with need as part of their support, right? Mm -hmm. So it's really these hundreds of organizations, most of them are pretty small. Mm -hmm. uh, and I think that's the other thing to know is that the food system and then and the community groups who work on food, a lot of them are, are volunteer driven, have very few staff. That's one of the big challenges, right? Is it's it's this big social issue and most of the people who are working on solving it are doing it in their in their spare time or or for not a lot of money at all. And that's that's one of the challenges for sure in that system. That's right. And we, we try and highlight that one of the episodes we're doing each year is uh, stories of giving and, and ways that people give back. And there's lots of stories of just individuals that are going out and raising money or, or food donations, for example, for people. Are there specific challenges people face around the holidays in particular when it comes to food security? Totally. So I'll give you an anecdote. One of the services we do operate is, is called the Community Food Helpline. And it's kind of a, a backup service. So if you've run out of options with other food programs, you can give the helpline a call and we have a budget for some gift cards, those kind of things. And they can, the, the folks on the helpline also refer people to other programs. And our calls have nearly doubled uh, in the last month. There's a couple of reasons that that happens. One of them is that, uh, and, and folks that are listening to this should know, like a lot of food programs, close over the holidays because their staff and volunteers also need some time off. And so there's always a big rush of folks who need additional support at this time of year so that they can make it through the holidays themselves. That's one piece of it. The other piece is that it's starting to get cold out. And when it starts to get cold out, people have heat bills. And for a lot of folks who are living with low income in this province, you're making the choice between heat and food. And so once you start turning on your heat and paying that electric bill, the place that you find the money is out of your household's food budget. And that's a real unfortunate reality. So we always see at this time of year, demand starts to skyrocket for those kind of emergency supports because folks have to make that choice. And it's, it's really unfortunate that choice is there, right? So yeah, you know, this is, this is always a, a very intense time of year for, for demand in, in that system. And, and also folks, I think, you know, uh, Everyone wants to to be able to feel that kind of sense of of abundance and celebration that happens right now, right? And and food is just really on people's minds. And 
And you, I think one of the things, as, as you probably know, Mike, is that there's a lot of stigma around reaching out for help with food, right? And so, uh, but there, and there's just a lot wrapped up in food and, and, and a lot of folks don't want to show that their household might be food insecure at that time, right? And so all of that combines into this, this kind of, there's always a bit of a perfect winter storm at this time of year. That's right. That's right. Well, if somebody's listening and they do want to help out a family or individuals in need, how can they help? So there's a couple of things I'd say to that. One of them is, if at all possible, give cash rather than food. Uh, I think, and, and folks have probably heard that before, but uh, food programs are, are seeing a really huge demand this time of year. And for the most part, they have to buy the food that they're passing out. And that's also better, right? Because food programs know what their clients need. You know, if people are knocking at the door and there's certain things that people are really looking for, it's better that the food programs have the cash to buy that stuff in bulk. So if at all possible, donate cash. One of the good ways to do it is to hop on our database so it's foodfirstnl.ca slash database. And you can find a food program in your community or whichever one that you'd want to donate to and reach out to them. And that's the other thing we always say is contact that food program first and ask them what they need, you know? And that's often a really powerful interaction. And then the, the other thing I always tell people on this is, you know, if you're going to go make a donation, absolutely do it. But every time you donate, send a letter to your MP or your MHA, right? Because, you know, these donations are really important to get people through like a crisis point in their lives. But to solve this problem so that this kind of donation isn't needed, we really need that kind of big picture action. So I think it's always a good rule. You know, the moment you donate, hop on your phone, email your MP and say, you need to solve this because it is a solvable problem. And uh, sometimes we get caught up in the sort of ground level of it. And so it's really important to think long term about what can we do so that these thousands of people across the province don't have to spend so much time helping these tens of thousands of people when the biggest problem is really, you know, that, that poverty is such a huge issue in this province. And that's, it's such a tangly issue, but I think the more people reach out on that and, and speak out on that, the, that's also a really powerful thing to do at the holidays. That's right. Well, like you said, today, we're, we're learning about something that some people may not be aware of. The food totally. security is such an issue and bringing it to the surface is the whole goal of this show. So ultimately, you know, this time of year, if you can get people to be engaged, what do you hope to achieve for your partners? So I think one of the one of them is just to have enough on the shelves and in the bank accounts that that they can meet the needs of the people who are walking through the doors because everyone is seeing the same thing our helpline is seeing that 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 there is um a really intense period of demand that we can help get people through that and that people's health and mental health doesn't suffer over the next few months and that maybe we we make it e seem even more urgent when everyone comes back from the holidays and and the politicians are back to doing their work that they hear that too and that they say you know we we shouldn't have another holiday season like this well, thank you so much for taking the time to join us today and give us so much great information about how people can help and have a happy holidays. Thanks, Mike. You too. That was Joshua Smee, CEO of Food First NL. If you wanted to find out more, you can go to foodfirstnl.ca to see how you can contribute. Now, when we come back, we'll chat with Alice Breen from the Association for New Canadians about their holiday initiatives and needs. In today's episode, we're talking about the spirit of giving and some of the ways you can give back to our community around the holidays. We'll be right back after the break. Welcome back. I'm here with Alice Breen from the Association for New Canadians. 
The Association for New Canadians, or ANC, is a nonprofit, community-based organization delivering settlement and integration services to immigrants and refugees in Newfoundland and Labrador. They help with things like language learning, skills development, and employment. They do a lot of great work and are back for the second year in a row. Let's check out our conversation with Alice. Hi, Alice. Welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me. It's a pleasure to be here. Oh, I love this episode. I love this time of year because we get a chance to share all the good things that are happening in our community. And you are the Community Connections Coordinator for the Association for New Canadians. You guys were on the show last year, which was fantastic. But tell me a little bit about what your organization does. So the ANC has been working with newcomers to our to our country, of course, specifically to our Newfoundland and Labrador for over 40 years now. Our goal essentially is to help these newcomers resettle in our province. And that includes everything from, you know, helping with English language instruction, care of children so parents can get that language instruction. Um, we have social groups. Volunteering uh, is a huge part of our organization. We have social groups. We run employment programs. So, so, so many things that can help a newcomer in our city integrate here and, and hopefully start a new life. Mm -hmm. And so why is it so important to provide support to newcomers coming to our province? Well, just imagine, you know, for a lot of these newcomers, they've grown up in a refugee camp or they've lived somewhere their entire lives. And in the blink of an eye, it's been turned upside down. Mm -hmm. You know, for some people, literally overnight, their worlds have come crashing down on them and they've had to flee their homes or their countries with nothing but the clothes on their back and their and their hopefully their families. So. I think we're very fortunate to live where we do. And we, we take that for granted sometimes Mm -hmm. that we don't realize we complain about our weather here in St. John's and Newfoundland, obviously a lot, but at the end of the day, we don't realize just how lucky and fortunate we are. So, you know, St. John's is a wonderful place. It's full of culture. It's full of kind people, but it, it can be hard to navigate for a newcomer, just learning the language, learning the places to go and the things to buy and where to shop and, and getting used to our climate. So there's so many things that we just take for granted because that's just our life and that's how we grew up. Um, But for a lot of our newcomers, it's a brand new way of life. Mm -hmm. So it's so important to have, you know, to have this organization in place and all these supports to help them feel a part of their new community. That's right. Well, I've been in school for a long time and the best education I ever had was traveling to different parts of the world and realizing just how fortunate we are here and Newfoundland, Labrador and Canada in general. So why is it, so important that there's somebody who's advocating for these groups and and really what what do you help them with specifically? Well, like I said, we do a, a wide range of things at the ANC from, you know, helping to find employment. And of course, you know, as we, as we grow up and we go to school and then what do we do after school? Well, we're supposed to get a job, right? Mm-hmm. So, you know, getting a job and, and working in the community is such an important way to build social connections, to build bonds with other people and the community. So that's obviously very important. Um, learning the language, you know, how can one possibly navigate the city, you know, not speaking a word of English. So having those supports is so, so, so crucial. We offer a number of social programs to connect newcomers with each other, but also connecting newcomers with other people in our community with Canadians. So that's so important to build those social connections that, you know, ultimately those connections will, are the things that will make people want to stay here and to be a part of our, our city and our, our province. And, you know, at the end of the day, 
it can only enrich our lives, but also the lives of those people having the opportunity to meet people from all over the world. You, you don't get, I don't think you get a better life education than that. Oh, that's so true. Uh, and there's so many interesting stories and it's such an interesting perspective coming to a place as unique as our province. You know, this time of year, I would have to think that you mentioned things like adjusting to climate, but also, you know, it's a time of year when uh, people might need more or extra support. What are what are some of the community needs in particular around the holidays? Well, of course, for a lot of families and individuals, you know, Christmas is kind of a, is kind of a new thing. Not everybody practices Christmas. I think we get so bombarded, but in a good way by Christmas here, you know, Christmas overload sometimes, you know, the Christmas decorations are out sometimes before Halloween is even over, but we want, we want them to embrace that while keeping their own traditions and their own culture too, of course. So it's, and especially once, you know, the children get in school and they see their new friends talking about Christmas and Santa and stuff like that. Um, So we want to make sure that they feel a part of it and they feel connected to their friends and to their school and, you know, all that kind of fun stuff. So this time of year, as we get ready for the Christmas season, we want to make sure that these children feel a part of the holiday season. And of course, not just the children, but the the families as well. And we have people that come here by themselves. Mm -hmm. So things like Christmas hampers, toys, gift cards, things like that. Anything that can help supplement the holiday season for our newcomers is a big, big help and goes a long way to making them feel part of the season. Okay, so you guys do some amazing things to the community. So if I'm listening to this, how can I help? So of course we're coming up to the Christmas season and you know it really is the season of giving and of hope. So as we welcome these newcomers to our community, we want them to feel like they are a part of the holiday season of who we are so you know looking in terms of giving gift cards are a wonderful thing will help our newcomers get the groceries that they need the kids that are in school now maybe this is their first christmas and they're seeing their friends and you know their teachers and people talking about it in school and getting excited about it themselves so yes some some new toys would be wonderful their monetary donations are also an option with us and that can be easily found how to do that on our website so there's lots of wonderful ways to give and not just for the kids too and not just food but thinking about the families now that this is you know this is their first winter here with us and we know how challenging our winters can be here in Newfoundland so things like salt for their front step salt sand scrapers shovels things like that emergency things you need for emergency preparedness flashlights batteries radios so it's the again like I said before it's those little things that we kind of take for granted because this is how we've grown up and this is what we know Mm -hmm. but not everybody knows these things like the way that we do Right. And you, you had said earlier that people are coming from different parts of the world where things are tumultuous uh, often. Uh, we have several new families from some pretty devastated areas, correct? Absolutely. So we don't have to look very far to see what's been happening in Afghanistan. And a lot of our most recent arrivals are from Afghanistan. So it's very real and it's very fresh for them this whole experience that we've been just seeing on TV and in social media, but for them, it's real life. This was, this is their life. This is what's happened to them. And for so many, they still have family that are still there, that are still on the ground, that are facing danger 
every single day. So even though there's a feeling of, of safety and security being here, there's still so much uncertainty for them and for their families. Because, you know, even though they might be safe now themselves, how can you sleep at night knowing that, you know, your family is still in so much danger? So I can't, I, I can talk about it, but I can't even imagine how that actually feels. So just remembering that, I think not just this time of year, but all year round that we are, again, we are lucky to be where we are. That's right. That's right. And so if you were to define success from both the side of the person that's giving and to the organization itself, what does it look like this time of year? Well, it's happy. It smiles on people's faces when you can show up at their door and give them a sense of peace of mind that they can get through this holiday season knowing that they have help and that they have support. There's nothing better than that. I do a volunteer orientation, you know, every once or once or twice a month. And it's a little bit of a different example, but thinking about, you know, when you're working with a child, helping them learn English and that first time they've read that book by themselves, mm -hmm. the feeling of accomplishment and the feeling that you've known that you've, you've helped this little one, you can't beat that. So the feeling of, you know, knowing that I purchased a $20 Sobeys gift card or $50 Dominion gift card, and knowing that you're giving that to somebody that probably otherwise wouldn't be able to afford their groceries that week. Mm -hmm. um, or gives them that that special Christmas dinner with their family is really pr providing not just peace of mind, but a wonderful, happy memory for those people that are probably really in need of that happy memory. That's right. Well, thank you so much for joining me today. And thank you for you and your association, everything you do for all of our new members of our community. What you're doing is going to make their holidays better. And it'll probably be a first very positive experience for them this time of year. So thank you so much. Absolutely. Thank you so much for having us. It's been my pleasure. And uh, I just feel so lucky to get to work with amazing people and to and to meet people from around the world every day. So um, I consider myself blessed. And just thank you so much to you. And thank you so much to everybody in the community that's given so far and is wondering how to give. Please don't hesitate to reach out. Amazing. Well, happy holidays, Alice. Happy holidays to you, Mike. Take care. That was Alice Breen from the Association for New Canadians. To learn more, you can go to ancnl.ca. Now we come back, we'll talk with Krista Corner from the Single Parents Association of Newfoundland, which supports the needs of single parents here at home. This is a particularly challenging time of year for many people. So today's episode is about how we can give back to our communities in ways that can change lives. Stick around, we'll be right back. Welcome back. We're here with Krista Corner, who's the Executive Director of the Single Parents Association of Newfoundland, also known as SPAN. Now, SPAN links single parents to professionals and agencies for assistance, whether it be legal, medical, financial, or as we're talking about today, help around the holidays. Let's listen into my chat with Krista. Hi, Krista. Welcome to the show. Hi there. How are you? I'm great. I'm great. And this is an important topic today. We're talking about different ways people can give back during the holidays. That's one way that we can really get into the spirit of giving, but also help people out that are in need. Can you tell me about the Single Parents Association? So the Single Parents Association started, um, it'll be our 35th year now in 2022. And it was uh, started by Margaret Ackerman to support the single parent 
family. She saw the gap in services for people who were raising their children completely on their own. Um, and through many years of hard work, uh, turned us into the organization that we are. And we've become synonymous with, especially our Christmas project, with helping people at this time of the year. Uh, we offer many services throughout the year, but most people are very familiar with our Christmas project. That's right. And I, we have actually been involved in that several times with different organizations I've been with over the years. Can you tell me a bit about that project and why it's so important? So it's important every year, of course. Like most people, single parents, when it comes to Christmas, start looking around at, at their budget and their financial capability um, and their children's wishes. And the, the thing is, there's no room for movement in their budget. The rest of us, you know, we, we, we put a little aside or we save up for Christmas. We plan on it. But when you are on such a limited budget and running a family totally as one person, there, there is no leeway month to month to put anything aside. They're barely surviving as it is, um, most of our single parents also uh, use services like our food bank, trying to get back to work. So that $20, $30, $40 a month that you know most of us can manage to put away to save up for Christmas doesn't happen when your budget has no leeway like that. However, you know your kids still expect Santa and Christmas because they don't understand financial limitations and nor should they at that age. That's right. And one of our other guests was talking about even things like uh, heat bills changing this time of year and stressing out budgets further. And, and you know, Christmases and the holidays are such a special time for so many people. What are some of the needs that these families have specifically and how can we help? There's always, of course, a huge demand for our food bank over the last year and a half with COVID. Our numbers have have gone up every single month steadily. Um, and right now, I believe last month, we had 180 families come through our food bank in a one month period. So food security, of course, is huge. No parent wants to send their kid off in, in a day with no lunch or no breakfast. But sometimes these are really hard choices. So, of course, that's a, a, a big one on our list. The second part is that Santa needs to come to everybody. You know, it's it's. You can't explain to a five-year-old how Santa could come to one family and not come to theirs. So it's huge that they have something that's under the tree. Mm -hmm. That's right. That's right. And one of my fondest memories being a kid is that we sponsored a family as well. And we went in with my grandfather on Christmas Eve and set up their tree and put the presents under it. And the next day, the mother sent us some photos. And it was one of the, you know, something that always resonated with me. I think it's just so important. You know, what's been the sort of impact from the people that you've talked to that this has helped? Like, what, how do the kids react? How do the families react? How do they feel? I think, of course, the biggest uh, reaction is always just tremendous gratitude. We, we laugh that, that, you know, Christmas time in most offices, people are partying and celebrating and we spend most of it crying, but good crying because we have so many heartfelt emails or phone calls of gratitude or of desperation that we're, we, we, we cry because we are sad. We cry because we're happy. Um, it, it is a huge emotional time. Um, 
you know, a wonderful time to be part of that kind of, of help. But it, it is extremely emotional uh, to witness some of the situations that, that these families are in and the simplest requests that they have on their list, which makes you realize how truly difficult their situation is. Uh, you know, somebody requested yesterday one can, one small can of paint. Now, if your Christmas wish is one small can of paint, yeah. then how truly, you know, it just shows the enormity of the situation that they're in, really. Of course, that's right. And and so if if we wanted to help, where can we find our information? How can we donate? You know, can you give us the lowdown on that? Well, of course, we're located at 472 Logie Bay Road. We take any kind of uh, drop off due to COVID. Uh, we have the phone number on the front door. You call, we'll come out and let you in because we just we're not open to the public public. But our, our web address for any kind of monetary donations, EMTs, is projects at spanel, S-P-A-N-L dot C-A. You can contact that same email to find out if you wanted to sponsor family. So the three ways that we set it up to help people donate is you can sponsor a whole family. That's one option. Two, you can send uh, gift cards or drop off gift cards or send a money donation, check donation, et cetera. Three, of course, send the EMT. You can email us anything. Uh, we take everything. We take the smallest donation to the biggest donation. The thing is, every every five dollars, every two dollars, we then can put them together to sponsor a family ourselves. We 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 nickname ourselves the Christmas Elves, and so we put all the donations together. So whether someone can sponsor a whole family, we'll take the 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 pieces and put them together and and make sure that a family is taken care of. That's excellent. That's excellent. Uh, do you have any idea of how many people you'll be able to help this holiday season? Well, currently we have 250 families on our, our full sponsorship list and that list filled up in one hour. In one hour, we opened registration. This is how desperate the need is. So we had already hit our numbers in one hour and now we have 150 families on a wait list. And we are going to do everything we can to make sure that everybody gets something this Christmas. Um, it, it will be a Christmas miracle at this point in time because mm -hmm. um, it, it has been a slow response. But we the the elves are working. <laughs> That's great. Well, hopefully we can get the word out here and anybody listening, be sure to reach out to Spanel and uh, see how you can help this year. You might be able to donate a portion of those uh, gifts or be able to take on a whole family and change a, a kid's Christmas for sure. It would be amazing. That's great. Well, thank you so much for taking the time. I know you're really busy, but good luck with all your efforts this year. And thank you so much for what you do. Thank you for your time and Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. That was Krista Corner from the Single Parents Association of Newfoundland. If you wanted to learn more or how to donate this holiday season, you can find them on spanl.ca. Now, when we come back, we'll talk with Tara Haley, Development Director for the VOCM Cares Foundation, and chat about the Happy Tree Project and the Happy at Home concert. We'll be right back after the break. Welcome back. We're here with Tara Haley, Development Director for the VOCM Cares Foundation. Now, their mission is to help strengthen communities by supporting charitable causes involving the health, education, and safety of the community at large. Today, she's going to fill us in on this year's Happy Tree Initiative, as well as this year's Happy at Home concert. Let's check it out. 
Hi, Tara. Welcome to the show. Hi, Mike. Thanks. This is a really fun episode today because we're talking about all the ways we can be really good to the folks in our community that need it most. Now, VOCM doesn't just look after folks throughout the Christmas and holiday season. They take care of people all year round. Can you tell me a bit about VOCM Cares? Sure. So VOCM Cares Foundation's mandate is to strengthen communities, uh, and that's specifically by supporting charities that support areas of health, education, and safety. And through that, we support the community in many ways. One of the biggest things we do is we provide program funding, and we do that three to four times a year, and that's to charities directly. So that's to ensure that charities continue to provide support and provide their programs out into the communities. So that's a major thing that we do at VOCM Cares Foundation. We also provide community service initiatives throughout the year. So just recently we had Coats for Kids. That was a successful program. We also do a school supply campaign uh, just before September. And we also have a food drive as well for Community Food Sharing Association during Thanksgiving. So we we take care of those community service initiatives throughout the year. And of course, our, our biggest community service initiative during the year is also Happy Tree. And fun fact, Happy Tree was actually the reason that started the OCM Cares Foundation. They did put off uh, happy Tree program at VOCM. Mm-hmm. And it was such a success in that first year that they said to themselves, hey, we really should do more in the community. And VOCM Cares Foundation has existed ever since. Okay. Well, this time of year, everybody knows about the Happy Tree we just mentioned, and that is dedicated to a specific group every year. Who is that? And what do they get from the program? So that's right. The Happy Tree program is actually in partnership with the Salvation Army. And we've been in partnership with them for 47 years on this program, which is phenomenal when you think about how long we've been doing this. Uh, And so what happens is the Salvation Army supports families in need in Newfoundland and Labrador. So families get to register uh, through the Salvation Army with this campaign. And Salvation Army then is able to provide them support with gifts, so unwrapped gifts for children. And also they do support as well through food hampers in most areas as well. So they're making sure that families have what they need during the holidays. Now, there's another aspect of the Happy Tree we should mention because I'm actually going to be introducing one of the acts for it. I'm really excited about this. Tell me about the Happy Tree concert. Yes, I love the Happy Tree concert. Uh, It's such a fun event. And actually last year, of course, with the pandemic, we did have to change it up. So we introduced Happy at Home and it became a virtual concert. And it was really great because not only did it open it up to people in Newfoundland Labrador, but people outside of Newfoundland Labrador were able to participate as well. So a lot of people who were not able to come home, unfortunately, last year, took part in the concert. And it was just such a, a warm event. And we did hear from so many people saying, you know, thank you for bringing a Newfoundland holiday back into our homes. And it was just so wonderful that we decided to do it again this year. So Happy at Home is once again going to be virtual. And we've got a tremendous lineup of acts uh, for you. I can't wait to for everyone to, to see it because it's going to be a lot of fun, a lot of local talent once again this year. Uh, it's happening December 12th at 7 p.m. And it's going to be streamed live on VOCM's Facebook page. 
So be sure to check that out. And once again, uh, it is free to watch, but we will be accepting donations for the Happy Tree program. Mm -hmm. and, and so what, you know, it's obviously a trying time for folks. They've got to spend more money. There's, you know, there's, there's times they want to socialize and celebrate the holidays as well. But for specifically vulnerable populations, why is this so important? I mean, gosh, I think even before the pandemic, it was important, but especially now, you know, we've all been dealt a hard few years, I would say, but those who, you know, already might have been struggling prior to the pandemic, now having to get back to a certain place after that time, they really do need that extra support. And it's not just, I would say, you know, support in terms of financial but, you know, that mental support as well, knowing that they don't have to worry or stress about something that their kid might have asked for for Christmas, knowing they don't have to, to worry or stress about that is a big deal. Mm -hmm. So this this program allows them to really just enjoy the, this time with their kids, let their kids enjoy the moment, and then they can actually focus on other things that their kids need besides those gifts that have been asked for. That's right. And, you know, I remember as a kid, we used to take one of our presents and make sure it was donated to somebody in need. And we would take one thing off our list, of course. And that's one way that people can give back. So if I wanted to participate and be able to give a donation, how do I do it? Yeah, there's there's many ways you can do that. You can make a monetary, monetary donation, actually, uh, at VOCM Cares foundation so vocmcares.com we take them there or you could always mail it in to us at the vocm cares foundation as well you can also drop off an unwrapped gift and that's for a child from just born to up to 16 years of age mm -hmm. there are uh, various locations across the province actually including at the avalon mall here in st john all of our locations are on our website at vocmcares.com if you'd like to know where we're accepting those gifts uh, we do have a lot of corporations, actually, that instead of like a secret Santa or, you know, a corporate gift to the employees, they'll make that donation to the Happy Tree instead, which is wonderful. We really do appreciate when corporations do that. And we also get a lot of people say, well, you know, I'm, I'm hosting a, my family or I'm hosting my friends over and we'd like to do something special. So, you know, if you're having a brunch, a lunch, just a gathering with your book club, why not consider again, instead of exchanging gifts, making a donation to the Happy Tree instead? You could actually, you mentioned when you were kids, you would donate, you know, as a family, you could make a donation in honor of a child that you know. Mm -hmm. um, or, you know, again, it could be a conversation you have with your own family and, and ask your kids, like, what would you like to do? And, and put up the Happy Tree as, as a suggestion. That's right. And it's such an important lesson to teach people that when you have something, uh, it's good to share that with other people, particularly this time of year, because that's really what it's all about. Now, what is the goal? Like at the end of the day, when this project is done and the holiday seasons have wrapped up, what do you hope this accomplishes? You know what? The goal is really simple. And that's really that no child or no family goes without over the holidays. You know, that they have what they need to, again, just enjoy that time to take in that time with their family and not have to worry about those other items or even the essentials, that the essentials are taken care of as well because they've had the opportunity to have these other items passed on to them. That's great. Well, good luck with this project this year. And thank you so much for taking the time to join us today. Happy holidays. You too. Thanks, Mike. 
That was Tara Haley from the VLCM Cares Foundation. As she mentioned, all the drop-off locations for unwrapped toys are listed on the VLCMcares.com website, but to make it easy for you, here are the drop-off locations across the province. You can drop them off at the Random Square Shopping Center in Clarenville, the Gander Mall in Gander, the Exploits Valley Mall in Grand Falls, Windsor, the Peninsula Mall in Marystown, and in St. John's at the Avalon Mall or the Salvation Army Chesspenny Center for Hope. Now, regardless of how you decide to help out this holiday season, we hope that it fills you with joy and the true meaning of the holidays. Now, as I said in the intro, this time of year is one of my favorite times of year, and I want to hear from you. Each year on this show, we have an episode dedicated to stories of kindness in our communities. Large or small, no act goes unnoticed. So if you or anyone you know has a story of kindness that will warm our heart, please don't hesitate to reach out to us on Facebook by looking up and following The Wall Show, that's W-A-H-L, show, or by email at thewallshow at vocm.com. I look forward to hearing from you. Now until then... I'm your host, Dr. Mike Wall. We'll see you back here next week for another episode of the Wellness Healthy Lifestyle Show on your VOCM.